Good evening, godless sodomites. Hello and welcome to the excommunication station. It's just me today, Chaz. But we have a very special episode for you today. We're continuing our talk into Joshua Harris. When I first started researching Joshua Harris, I was originally going to have us talk a little bit about his childhood, which actually turned into a whole episode about his father. Then we were going to talk about the book, uh, which was the last episode. But then I realized that I needed something more. Harris made the news in 2015 when he left his church covenant uh, to go to seminary. He made bigger waves when over the course of a few years he went from recanting some of the book that he wrote. Uh, then he got divorced and walked away from Christianity. These are all things that we're going to get into the future because they're very important. But what about the time between moving to Maryland to live and learn under C.J. Mahaney in 1997 and 2015? For 18 years, Harris was out of the spotlight of the mainstream, or even the evangelical world. Harris went from being on Bill Maher's Politically Incorrect and countless Christian broadcast outlets to writing books that basically no one cared about to being uh, just a pastor, which is totally fine. I have no problem with that. Uh, he could have gone a lot of different directions with his fame, but he chose to become a pastor. Hey, that's cool. Whatever. Um, but I needed something to fill in the gap. Maybe we should go over his books, which sounds incredibly boring. Uh, maybe even reach out to the man himself to hear about his deconstruction. Maybe talk about where he is now and his divorce and about the book and maybe how that relates to each other. Maybe I'll get some stories people impacted by the book and move on. Well, maybe I could find someone from his former church uh, that would be willing to tell me how he was as a pastor, maybe, or just a person. But I found something darker. I found something that needs more light. This podcast is not a spotlight at all. We're not huge. Uh, we're small. But after seeing some news outlets like Axios and various podcasts pat Harris on the back, throw softballs at him for, for him to crush... We had to do our part. There are people out there who are doing the work of trying to bring this all into the open, like our next guest, but also various other people, like Brent Detweiler, and they all deserve credit for this. Not just credit, but admiration. Joshua Harris was part of a sexual abuse cover-up at Covenant Church, as well as Sovereign Grace Ministries. Joshua Harris knew these crimes had occurred and helped cover it up. He personally knew a number of these victims and he did not protect them or get justice for them and continues to not do what needs to be done. This leaves with a great story to tell, doesn't it? I sat on my phone or on my computer trying over and over again trying to write something up and it didn't feel right. My voice is hollow in this. I'm giving myself the responsibility of speaking for victims who are not just able but willing to talk about it. I came across a blog that had a video posted by Shannon Clark. She was very open about her abuse and said that if anybody wanted to talk about it, just reach out. That was all I needed. Shannon is an amazing person. After we stopped recording on this episode, we talked for another hour or more about life and how we're dealing with trauma and relationships and just about, we talked about music and friends and our mothers and just it, it went all over the place and it was amazing 
I would have talked all day if I didn't have to get my kids from school. But this is her story. And I really hope that you find some hope in helping it. Um, I did. And I know that there's victims out there of sexual abuse. And especially childhood sexual abuse that are listening to this show. And uh, and this is just a warning before we go into the show. That there's going to be some heavy stuff talked about. And... You know, take it at your own pace if you need to. Um, but yeah, thank you, Shannon. born and raised in Montgomery County, Maryland. Okay. Um, I, I was, I mean, I moved around a little bit, but when I was 14, moved to Gaithersburg to be as close as possible to Covenant Life Church. Okay. Um, what, uh, what age do you remember going to church at? Was that like a, all, like you don't remember a time without it? I never had a time without it. My parents were founding members of Covenant Life Church, which became sovereign, uh, which became People of Destiny International, which became Sovereign Grace Ministries. Um, and they, so they were founding members of that. And I was dedicated at you know two or three months old mm-hmm. up front with with several people I'm still friends with. Yeah. So I. I and I didn't get formally kicked out until 2007. So I was, I was there. Yeah. So you were life. kicked out. Okay. 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 I'm, I was, I'm making, I was I'm making a note of that. <laughs> okay. It's what I was. And I, I always tell people, if you go to a gym and you're buying into a gym and you are eating at horrible restaurants and you're d- taking, you're giving a g- the gym a bad name. Mm-hmm. I, if they want to revoke that, right. If that's what they have in their clause, then like, I get it because you're giving a bad name. I wasn't following any of the teachings at the time. I didn't believe any of it. I was talk. I was telling people I didn't believe it. I yeah. was causing ruffled feathers all over the place and so i completely understand them being like okay you need to believe or leave and i get it but i don't think that how they handled it was right yeah yeah no i got you i got you um so um how how big is your family because i know this is like another thing that I've been running into with like quiverfulness and like is this something that your family is a part of and I wouldn't say quiverful okay um I knew of it um my parents went to a Bill Gothard um yes conference 
when we were really young, my dad liked the beards, but like there was other things that they didn't agree with. So we didn't end up, um, I was homeschooled my whole life, graduate, uh, you know, kindergarten through graduation. I was the only member of my family who went all the way through a couple of them would, uh, my little sister went to like the church school, um, mm-hmm. before she got kicked out of there. Um, <laughs> my brother stopped being homeschooled at you know, he was like, I don't want to do it anymore. So he forced them to put him in school. Um, but I was, you know, we were raised in that. And I, I remember asking my mom, why were we raised like this? And it was because she didn't want the public schools teaching about sex education and mm-hmm. about evolution over creation and, you know, other beliefs that, that didn't align with scripture. Um, and so that's why they chose to homeschool, um, in my family, um, there's, I have my oldest sister, I have an older brother, then there's me. And then I have my baby sister. Okay. So, um, and then, yeah. And then my older sister moved back home for a time and had her son. And so he was raised like as her son, but like, he's my nephew and we're, you know, we, we were all close because of that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so homeschooling. Okay. So this is another wrinkle in the story <laughs> because we, we just got done speaking about Greg Harris and uh, homeschooling and oh. his influence on the homeschooling world. And we yeah. use that to uh, try to talk about how Josh Harris was formed and created and how without his father's influence and and networking and everything that his book would have never taken off the way it did so yeah yeah they found a niche in the market yeah. of what they were good at and people who were willing to follow what they were marketing now was greg harris at all influential in your homeschooling I think that my parents had read something on that they had written. I, I know I've yeah. I'd heard their names, um, but there's so many magazines and books. Like I was going through, I'm yeah. just like, there's so yeah. many names again. Well, I'm terrible with names. <laughs> and and uh, when I was like 12 um, is when my dad actually started really becoming involved in like, a part of the family, he was kind of like a work businessman. We didn't really see him that much until okay. I was about that age. So, um, and that's when the family was kind of falling apart. Um, and so he was like, uh, kept talking about how he was going to save his family. He was going to rescue his family. He was going to do whatever he needed to do. We started, we had to memorize the shorter catechism because he nice. thought that that was a good idea, which is great. You know, what is man's primary purpose? The purpose of man is to glorify God by enjoying him forever. Like I can still do it because wow. it's just- I can't. Yeah. I had in- that put in my head when I was really little, but I don't remember it now. Like, yeah. Okay. Wow. It's terrible because that's what the church did to me. Mm-hmm. I have so many, I, I now, my dad hates it. Well, we don't speak anymore, but yeah, I would use scripture the way that I needed to use it, which was like, well, this is what it said. This is what you taught me. It meant. So mm-hmm. why are you not doing what it's saying and what you taught me? And then, so I would use it, you know, to 
hold a mirror to his face and he didn't like that. Yeah. Um, but when he was getting really involved, they were reading a lot of material and they were going to conferences and they were, I mean, they were letting us listen to Christian rock music, which was not okay at the time. And uh, we were allowed to go to concerts. Newsboys was my first concert. <laughs> and, which tour? Uh, uh, they were with Jars of Clay. Okay. I was, I saw that tour. Small yep. Town Poets. Yep. Yep. I believe was like their opening act. So, um, but he started getting really involved. So like we were going to new attitude conferences with Joshua Harris before he even knew about covenant life. He was like 16. He had started the magazine with Andrew Garfield, who still with like, I think he's married to um, Megan. I I don't even know who that is. Oh yeah. (laughs) Somebody else in the church. Okay. (laughs) A lot of people in the church married a lot of other people in the church, right? That's just what you did courtship and all of that. And so like a lot of families got like related. We would always talk about like who needed to get married to like connect all of the families together. (laughs) It's like, it's like almost like lineage for uh, like uh, hierarchies for kingdoms and everything. Right. 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 Well, I mean, like a lot of the pastors were related because of marriage and stuff like that. And so that's yeah. why a lot of this was so confusing because I'm like, this person's the brother-in-law and the, the cousin. And I'm just like, I don't know what the hell's going on. Like, this doesn't make any sense to me. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, it's, it's a, it's a history lesson for sure. So can you, can you, in the simplest terms, because can you explain it? Is it SGM? So uh, it was Sovereign Grace Ministries. I don't, I don't really actively follow everything yeah. that they're doing. So they've changed names want? and they've moved and they've everything. I call them SGM just because that's okay. what I knew them as and that's what they were at the time. So let's just let's just simplify SGM and then Covenant. Can we just refer to it as that? Okay. Sure. Uh, can you, in the simplest way, can you explain SGM and Covenant and how they? kind of got started and how they're related just because it seems like it's a it started off small and just kind of like so lined out from there but i can't yeah yeah. and um i mean i i do have a good memory but it is spotty in some places so i will do my best so i'm just (laughs) so that i don't get you know the backlash um from what i remember uh, take and give was like a Bible study that was started by Larry Tomzak and CJ Mahaney. It blossomed into a sort of very small church. They met in various places, gymnasiums and uh, schools, other church buildings throughout the years um, and became Covenant Life Church. Bought property in Gaithersburg. They started um, church plants, other sister churches would join with us. Um, it started growing. We would have conferences, um, both in church and then people from other churches were invited as well. Uh, they would go on speaking to other churches and whatnot. So they were becoming much larger in the whole Christian 
organization just yeah. being well, you know, more well known. Um, they were doing church plants. We, I know they had one in Ethiopia. There was yeah. one that I was a part of a church plant to Bristol, England when I was 19 in, um, 2002. Um, what do you do with that? Do you actually go over there and help? So we, yeah. So we, we went on missions trips all the time Yeah. and school, I mean, in high school. So when I graduated, it was like, well, there was a singles one to Bristol, England. I'll go. So, you know, we went over there and we were just basically handing out information to people in the neighborhood about a church that was starting. There was a, okay. um, they, we had a sister church there that was in, um, I believe it was Wales. Um, but we went there and, um, that we were just helping them get the word out and just, you know, we were able to do some sightseeing and some fun mm -hmm. stuff. And, um, but it ultimately it was just to get, you know, information so that they could start that church there. So it was, yeah, we were, we were mostly in the United States, but had a few outside of, um, at one point there was like, I believe 50 churches. So okay. it was, it was starting to, to get bigger. And I mean, I know they got a lot, a lot bigger after I left. Um, but that's, I mean, that's essentially how it started. Yeah. So is covenant covenant is like the, it, it, would that be considered like the, like the head church of yeah, like it? The mothership, like people the mothership? would, okay. people would, we, I mean, we called it this, but we would be like, people would take like pilgrimages and like, you know, to, the mother church from other churches because it was like you wanted to be able to say that you had like touched i mean the, the saying in the church was that the church was the dearest place on earth that was a saying that we said all the time and okay. so we would always joke about like well don't you want to go to the dearest place <laughs> on earth? and so it was where everybody just wanted to be and to just you know now how long did you did you attend covenant like your whole time or My will you whole... spend at other churches? I, no, I was only at covenant life. Okay. And, um, I, I, at 18, I didn't know how to voice my concerns and questions because I had met such resistance and issues. So mm -hmm. I joined the church because I was terrified of what was going to happen if I didn't. And I couldn't escape to a, out of state school to get yeah. away from it. So, um, I would pick up Sunday shifts all the time at work to get away from it. But like, I, I, I joined because I was, I was terrified and I, I pretty much stopped going right after I joined, after I could, yeah. um, I would get bulletins from the church and go home and be like, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. no, no. CJ Mahaney spoke. He spoke on, um, Philippians four and, um, he, you know, he was talking about this and it like, because I had to pre present that so that they weren't knowing that I was trying to actually like figure out what was going on and, yeah, you know, yeah, figure yeah. Out. but, um, I didn't get kicked out until 2007. So like it was a little ways. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I want to go into your story and, and everything that went on uh with the scandal um or or i don't know like i'm really surprised that this isn't bigger news than it should be but uh and we'll we'll go into that too but i 
because of the series, we kind of have to talk about Joshua Harris um, Mm -hmm. a little bit. um, And, you know, I just, whatever you feel comfortable talking about is fine. Um, But uh, so you said that you, you had seen him at the new attitude um, conferences. I remember when he went to covenant and everybody in my church, because we lived uh, about two and a half hours North of like Maryland area and like people wanted to go down and like on a Sunday and they might have I didn't go but like uh they wanted Mm -hmm. to go down to see him you know because they Mm -hmm. heard that he was there we would they would I remember they would they would you know do we have any out-of-towners and they would have I was just gonna ask yeah yeah Gettysburg you know (laughs) was he a big draw like when he came I mean, there would be, and and again, it would usually be like ladies or after a conference, people would stay over or people, you know, people would drive back up next week, stuff like that. I mean, you get into these conferences and you get, you get pumped up and you get this adrenaline. And so it's like, yeah, you want to, you want to be a part of it. Yeah. So he, when does he come to your church? So he did some conferences. I remember he was doing a new attitude conference in, in the DMV area. And, um, we went as a group, a church group down there and, um, we knew him. However, it was, um, from like the magazines and whatnot. And, um, he started coming around more. Um, and one day we got a magazine and on the back of it, it said, this is going to be the last subscription of this magazine. Like it's cutting it short. This is out of nowhere. We apologize, but we're going to be moving to the East coast to follow whatever. And my dad just went, he's coming here. And we were like, he said the East coast dad, like, how would you know that? Yeah. And he was like, no, he's coming here. And whenever somebody like that happened, my dad was very charismatic is the word that everybody uses for him. He knows exactly what to say, exactly how to say to get you to do whatever he wants you to do. So he would always be chummy with CJ Mahaney, knew our family by name. He was very proud of that. Uh, Gary Ricucci, like all of these pastors that were very high up, senior, right, senior pastors all knew our family. My dad made very aware of that. So like when Josh came in, he's this new young guy and we had known him before. So we made sure to like reach out to him. And my dad was a businessman. He was a printing salesman. So he was doing printing and stuff for the church. He was always trying to get more business. So he was always offering services and whatnot. And since Josh was already, you know, marketing and whatnot, so it was like, you know, so, um, I remember like, um, having, either having Josh over for dinner, um, you know, or meeting with him. I remember we, we would interact with him as much as, as my dad could get the opportunity. <laughs> to. How, how old were you at this time? So young, <laughs> I was friends with Shannon, his wife before okay. they were, Oh, okay. Knew each, um, I, I, they might have known, known each other, but I didn't even know that they, that they were aware of each other. Um, I told my dad that they'd be a really cute couple because they were both short and everybody thought that was hilarious. And then they got together. I was like, mm-hmm, not so funny anymore. 
because they were a cute couple and they were a great couple. Um, but I was friends with Shannon and um, I remember my dad took us to a Susan Ashton concert because oh, that's what he would do. He, he yeah. knew how to get you right there. And so, um, you know, I find it interesting now uh, that my dad's connected to pretty much everybody that's listed in the lawsuit and everybody that's, or people who like Nathan Morales, who's been convicted and put away. Yeah. yeah. He was engaged to a woman that worked for my dad at the time. Okay. We need to get into that See, because of, like, I don't, I'm, I'm like, sorry, I'm just I'm like no, 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 no. Because like, I'm like, he didn't like, we'll backtrack it. We'll go ahead on this, but I just need a little clarity because I won't be able to move on from that. If we don't clarify this, okay. he, Nathan Morales didn't go to covenant. Did he? Yes, he did. He did. I, or was he part of a, yes. like SGM, like at a different church? He was. Okay, well now I'm now I. <laughs> we don't have to so, I, like we don't. I, I need read, to go into I, you know, like I used to read up on this stuff so that I would yeah. be up to date on it, so I know I wouldn't misspeak. But then it's like, oh wait, uh, 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 and then it's like I don't want that out in the universe because I don't need them to be like, nope. And then she said it wasn't true later on in the broadcast. You know, like Completely I don't even got want it. to put yeah. it out there. Yeah. yeah. Um. But. Um. It doesn't I really matter because his, he was his, part of the he was part of the structure, right. and that's really and, all that matters. And his, Nathan Morales was a was was going to SGM churches, and yeah. um, I know that there was something happened, and he ended up in Las Vegas, Nevada, planted or was at a church there, and that's when like it was brought to their attention. Um, now, now that I'm thinking, I don't think that that family ever actually went and attended Covenant Life, so I think you're right. I think it was a family church. Or like okay. a sister church, um, but in the long run, it really, really doesn't matter. He was engaged like, yeah, to yeah. Pam Playstead, who was working for my dad. Okay, okay, okay. And so he was at least visiting her and was in the area. I I gotcha, um, I gotcha. Um, yeah, but it, my dad's just always connected to these people. Yeah. Don't say a name, and I'm like, I know that name. Why? Oh, because <laughs> of my dad. So so Josh comes to your church. And now he's living with CJ Mahaney, mm -hmm. right? In, in his basement. Mm -hmm. And he's dating Shannon or not dating. I'm so, oh my God, I can't believe I said that. He's Forgive me. Uh, um, courting, is that the right term? Yeah. Okay. Um, so how long until he's like fully insulated into this community or is it like almost automatic? I mean, I feel like it was automatic because he was, he was in the higher echelons of like the group. I mean, he was from the get-go. He was up there with, he was living in CJ's basement. CJ was. Yeah, I guess I should. Top yeah. Guy. yeah. So whatever CJ said, and I mean, Josh was golden boy. He yeah. had it. So can you explain CJ Mahaney to me? That man scared me. Is he scary? He he was just loud and he had really yeah, big eyes. Yeah. And when he would smile, like it would take, it was a huge, huge smile. It was just like. Yeah, I've seen, I've watched a couple of his sermons and I've just because I hear the word charismatic and 
it's hard to pinpoint that sometimes just because, you know, I've been to Pentecostal churches and yeah. I've been to charismatic churches and it's, there's, there's, you know, it's hard to define, but after watching him, I, I get, I get it. Like I get the pull and I get the, I, I, yeah, I mean, I never saw like, I never saw the power and authority thing. Like I would never even really approach him. If he spoke to me, it was like, good morning, Mr. Mahaney, you know, <laughs> but I, I, I never saw, I mean, I saw him on the pulpit, like fire yeah. and brimstone, but there were, there were a lot of times he was, I mean, he was also charismatic as well. I mean, he was like my dad. So like my dad had control temper issues, you know, I'm sure I, you could see he would kind of explode on stage. And so you can imagine what happened yeah. if his daughters yeah. irritated him or whatever, you know, but you would hear stories and I would always bulk and ask questions when I was old. Like I would ask my mom, okay, but like, what if you're wrong? Just, just, just what if, like, I'm just asking, I'm not trying to attack you. And she mm -hmm. was hearing me and was like, I'm going to go to, you know, whatever there is. <laughs> and, and I'm going to say, I, I, I lived my life true to my beliefs and yeah. that's what I'm going to stand there. And I remember just respecting that because it's like, she's got faith. That's faith. Mm-hmm and yeah. holding true to it um but i remember being like but what if the pastors are wrong and then it was like god has put those pastors in place over us to protect us why are you going to question the people that are protecting you and then it was like mm -hmm. huh that doesn't make any sense and so just as a kid asking questions and it was like you just heard over and over again, the pastors have the, your best in mind. Your pastors have the best in mind and just listen to them and just obey them. And we don't understand and we don't know. And you'd, I'd get, okay, but like, if I'm chosen, okay, do I really have a choice? Like, I just have a choice yeah. on when I, I, I choose to give in, right? That's really all I have a choice over. Okay, Shannon, you're in the real deep end of the theological pool right now. <laughs> okay but can you answer the question can you get in the pool with me and figure this out no you just want to tell me that i'm in there like yeah yeah you know and so i never got mm -hmm. answers so it was like okay i'm starting to see holes and i'm starting to see spots so with in regard to cj like all you heard was just like respect the man respect and 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 you you know he's he's got your best at heart it's like he didn't even know me but yeah that's just what you got and so now he's he's ordaining josh to come in and take over and and you know josh and he's like cool and he's he gives cool sermons with like you know he <laughs> dances in there sometimes and like he just makes it fun so i actually want to listen and he's charismatic so yeah i want to yeah follow in yeah i'm i'm seeing a lot of similarities and i know that other people that are listening are going to feel it too but like I, I was in like a much smaller church than you were in. And like, we, we never had like sister churches or like, it was non-denominational, but the power mm -hmm. structure and the personalities and like how a lot of this like indoctrination and being told that, you know, if you're questioning, like, just like questioning a pastor or, or anything like that was just meet, met with such ferocity more than like the theological questions you know yep. than like hey 
how do they fit so many animals on the ark you know and like but like as soon as you say well that person isn't living you know then it's an assault on i don't know what so like yeah. but like i yeah. see so many sim- similarities between like a small to like this giant like corporation basically but um yeah. so he so what were cj's sermons like were they fire and brimstone or were they like he was just he was just a larger than life and he would use the stage he would go over time they would they put a huge they put a clock on the back yeah and then they were like maybe he doesn't see the clock so they got a bigger clock you know when he's like i see the clock (laughs) i i see you got a bigger clock i see the clock do you all want me to continue you you want to hear the new you know and it's like oh we want to hear it go an hour go two hours longer you know and then and then we'd sit there for three hours yeah how much of that was purposeful but but, right right. but like at okay so celebration which i don't even know if you know about was a huge conference uh sister churches so you would you would get like the eastern northeastern section so these five churches all go to indiana university iup campus in indiana pennsylvania Okay, so I stayed in Scranton Hall. I stayed in Lawrence Hall. I've I've been all over that campus as 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 a five year old. Yeah, I, I had a lot of friends that one, went there I, for school. Yeah, I did my first one handed cartwheel right out of uh, morning assembly. Oh, <laughs> on that campus, <laughs> memories, good good memories I have from that campus. Um, but we would go there, and and those those meetings would just go forever, and then the Holy spirit would come in and then people would be speaking in tongues and you'd have that, that moment. And then CJ would be like talking to Bob Coughlin on the piano saying, I've got a prophetic word for this person and prophetic word for this person. And there would be nights where there would be like 25 prophetic words. And how many of them were because they were super weirdly specific people who had been to every single conference over the last 25 years stand Mm -hmm so that you could have a prophetic word like are you are you having them stand because you're wanting to acknowledge the fact that they've poured all this money into your business uh, it just it seems yeah. weird so uh, um i would see weird things and then you know you you catch and then you ask your mom and she doesn't acknowledge them and she's telling you it so it's like you file that away and then like eventually i had like a bunch of stuff uh, this doesn't make sense yeah yeah. But the pressure um, to join was so huge from yeah. them. When, when did you feel like there was like a like an abusive power structure or was that something that didn't come out until after like you had left? Um so okay, so when I was 18 I started not believing it and like dodging and trying to get away from um, going, um, I turned 19. I contacted my first therapist outside of the church. Mm -hmm. Um, um, I started smoking cigarettes. (laughs) Um, my parents (laughs) found out and it was like a therapy was like, go to, go to the pastors. That's, that's who you go to. Did they have church therapists like licensed therapists that went to the church because i know that some yeah i've heard of stuff like that there were licensed 
social workers and counselors that I'm sure that worked for the church. And, and I know I talked to somebody who was, um, who told me that their profession was a psychoanalyst. They actually helped, um, probably save my life one of the first times. Um, but they were a psychoanalyst and they went mm -hmm. to the church. So there were people who went to the church. Um, but I don't know. I, I almost feel like those people, if they were like mandated reporters were probably put into like a special little bubble because they all kind of would like seem like, Oh no, there's no way. And I would know and this and that. And so it's like, it seemed very genuine. So I don't think that, I think that they were just like very kept out of everything. Makes um, sense. From what? Because not many people inside <laughs> yeah. of the church knew anything that we heard outside of the church that were accusations that were made was immediately in the very next breath was like, but this person is angry with the church or yeah. turned okay. away from God or dismiss their, you know, take away mm -hmm. their credentials so that you can just dismiss what they're saying. Um, so there was, I mean, and, but you, you saw all of that and like, the church was very gossipy. Okay. At least in the, <laughs> the sector that I was in, we knew a lot of stuff. And so you would hear, and you, and my mom would always talk about it under the breath. And so you would hear the stories and you, and, and so you built that picture because you believed the stories, mm -hmm. you know, they're risking something by even telling you, um, you know, just, um, I mean, really bizarre things like you can't say no to your husband um because like that's your woman you know wifely duty or mm -hmm. or whatever but like pastors wives reinforcing that i i i heard a story at a leadership conference uh question and answer time uh they were asked basically like like is there a, a yes or no do they have the right to say no and it was like um, basically sometimes when CJ said, this is what is alleged, preface all of that. I'm, I'm guaranteed I'm going to be upset by this, but go ahead. <laughs> CJ said that sometimes when he would come home from being away for a long time, he would get a hotel room because he couldn't wait. And, um, like, uh, I I've heard stories of, of Carolyn letting him when she was sick throwing up okay go ahead okay you're done throwing up because that's your wifely duty and that's what you do and it's your honor and it's like your badge and and it's yeah. your your privilege or you know and you grow up learning that and it's like okay that's doesn't seem or feel right that doesn't feel nice but i guess that's was you know, that and was that ever reinforce with joshua harris um i only heard about that even after i left the church okay. Okay. about yeah. things i mean when i was in the church you would hear things about like you couldn't say no yeah uh, or, or or why would you want to and you, you could make him look elsewhere and and then yeah. you would be yeah. you know and that sort of thing but then you know you hear later on you're like well that totally aligns with everything that we were taught and the feelings mm -hmm. and like and again it's really hard to express that 
overall blanket that as soon as you enter the property, as soon as you're in a small group setting, as soon as you're around a group of them, you just feel this like blanket of, I don't even like guilt or expectation, what your role is supposed to be, how you're supposed to act, how you're supposed to be. And, and, and just this sense of like, if I, if I, if I act out of line of this, I'm going to get reprimanded or corrected or chastised and you can't rock the status quo. And so, you know, like I did the best that I could. I went to every single missions trip every year and I was trying to go to everything and be the perfect, what they wanted me to be, because I thought that that's what Mm -hmm. I needed to stay, you know, and you're so, you're so insulated that it's almost impossible to say no. Like it's, I I didn't want to become a a member. I did not want to become a member, but you know, my dad's asking me the hard questions because he can, and he's like, why don't you want to join? And it's like, well, you know, I just, I haven't gone to any other church. Okay. Well, are you going to go to other churches? Well, I mean, I don't know. Okay. Pick some other churches. I'll go with you. And then it's like, uh, uh, okay, I'll just like stay. I'll just pick up, you know, I'm working at a restaurant now. So I'll just pick up Sunday shifts. Like, can you put me on the restaurant every single Sunday? Yeah. Shannon. Great. We love you. I did the same exact thing when I was like, I need to get out of this. So like I was working at a convenience store and I'd be like, I will work overnight Saturday nights. I don't care. And yep. they were like, I a, okay. I worked at a little Starbucks shop yep. and was like, I told them I would not work Saturdays or Sundays. It was for religious reasons yeah. and all of this stuff. And she pushed back. And then when everything started crumbling, I was like, you know what? I'll, yeah, I'll do that. And then I moved and was like, yep, nope. Sundays are good. And <laughs> there's no, I mean, I'm the only one to work Sundays. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I, dad, what do you want me to do? Yeah. You know, yeah. and no, then, and then forcing me to get off certain Sundays. I was living at home until I was 21. Okay. And my dad stood in front of me and said, this is not, you should not be moving out because you're not getting married. Like you're supposed to move out when you uh... meet your husband and you get married. Don't do this. Um, so I was, I was home for a very long time. So like, even after 18, I was still living under their rules and following just wow. as okay. if I was. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So I, this is going to be the, I get, I don't know if I want to add a trigger warning here or to the end or, or, or that the beginning, this is where it gets but a little bit this, heavier. yeah, yeah, this is going to be very heavy and, um, I'm going to try my best to not get emotional. Uh, I know we've sent messages back and forth, but, um, so we are going to dive into a sexual abuse scandal that happened at uh, Covenant slash SGM. Um, and there's a lot of stuff in here. I, and I'm allowing you to just tell me as much as you want about as much as whoever you want to talk about, because uh, you're the one, I'm not going to ask anything you don't want to answer. So I'm just going to sure. let you take control. <laughs> so well, you might have to bring me in a little bit because I I have spoken about this so much since um, I became vocal about it at 19. Okay. Um, I'm I'm 37 now, so okay. I've I've spent a long time deconstructing and 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 processing and working through talking about talking out. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
all of that. And so I, I, I've become very comfortable with talking about it. And so, um, that's great. I mean, that's not great, but I mean, let me know if I am, if I'm steering in in the wrong direction. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So do you want to start with your story or do you want to Sure. Go back um, to when, like, I, I guess it would be Nate. Would Nathan Morales be predate your pre? Your yeah. Story? Uh, I mean, so when I was younger, my dad owned a printing company. We were we were far from the church. We were about forty five minutes. It was a drive to get to church, but that's just where my dad's mm-hmm. business was. I don't know if it was just because of pricing and and affordability. Um, we moved all around the county, but, um, my earliest memories and when the abuse started were of, uh, me being in a, um, in Prince George's County, mm-hmm. which is just the county right next to Montgomery County. Um, soon after my little sister was born, my little sister's almost six years younger than me. So she was born in 89. And, um, I was born in 84. So, um, the abuse started before she was born Okay. Um, or right, right after, um, I was, I was about five to seven. So it's, it's, it's right in that range. Um, so we were going to the church. He was working at the shop then where I believe, um, the person who was dating, um, Nate Morales was, was working with him at that time. So, um, you know, they would have known each other during that time and, yeah. and, and moving forward. Um, so yeah, it was about that time. Okay. Um, so I'm trying to think where I want to go. From. Let's just go into your story and, and, and sure. how it's connected and, uh, sure. to so, the church too. So, um, um, it's so hard because it's like I know that there's a trigger warning but like I don't I'm not trying to traumatize you know anyone um but I also want to be specific because I want people who haven't come out yet you know like uh, for for me coming out uh was very hard um because I had been silenced for so long um so um I just want people to like hear my story and hear what happened to me to be like, Oh, wait a minute. That actually happened to me. And I didn't think of it as abuse. You know, I want them yeah. to like, you know, because it, it absolutely was. So, uh, earliest memories are, um, of, um, inappropriate touching. Um, um, a lot of it was, framed around wanting to prepare me for what my husband was going to um be doing why do Mm -hmm. i need to know that at five or seven um and um a lot of things that i have now knowing everything right because every all of my story is is intertwined with with um, my abuser's story um it's it's hard to it's hard for me now because it's like, I see she was being abused Mm -hmm. by someone and she was then abusing someone else. And 
it's not right. I do understand the the pattern. Um, yeah. But it 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 kind of it softens the blow, I guess, of like that's why she was doing it. That's why she was saying the things that she was saying and behaving in the way that she was. Um, she definitely took it to an extreme. Um, from what I was told, my abuser was on a handful of occasions inappropriately touched by our father. Okay. So my abuser would be. Yeah. Uh, my oldest sister who I mm -hmm. have not spoken to since 2014. Um, so my oldest sister is the one, her name is Suzanne. Um, she is the one who abused me. She was abused by our father, Jeffrey Truesdale. Um, the reason I'm saying these names is because I have no shame in telling them it is my story. It is the truth. It's not my version of the story. It is the truth. Yeah. Um, and so that's why I'm coming with, with names now. Um, and also to, because I don't want to seem like I'm being vague or, or not giving it. No, I got you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, absolutely. So my view started five or seven. Um, and, um, my abuse was, if I am to believe my abuser's story, because she has not come forward with her story. Um, so of what she has told me is true. Um, she was in the similar position of me. She didn't want it. It was, it was unpleasant. She yeah. didn't like it. It was traumatic. Um, and she was finally able to get it to stop my memory of this conversation. Again, it was, ha it happened many years ago. My memory of it was that she was able to stop it very early pubescent, um, 11, okay. 12, 13. My abuse began from the age of five to seven and continued until I was 11, meaning my oldest sister, who was born in 1977, she's seven years older than me, was 11. It was like right before she turned 18. Wow. Yeah. So... Again, I know that abuse is complex, um, but I don't understand how you could stop something from happening at 11 or pre-pubescent -pre and then continue to do what you know is wrong. Like that to me is where I say that that's why I don't speak with her because it's one thing when you do something wrong and admit it and, and do the, you know, take the proper steps. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and even, even then everyone has their own right. Right. Everyone has a right to choose to, if to forgive or not to forgive. It's their own choice. Yeah. But um, for me, it's just like, if I see a pattern, that's just not ending of, of, of manipulation and, and abusive behavior, mm -hmm. then I, I can't be a part of it. And so that's why I've separated myself. But um it's complex because of the abuse that she experienced. I, I know how to part to play in hers. And so it just makes it even more because I'm also related to her abuser. Yeah. And for a long time, I believed him and that's terrible. 
that's, yeah. that's terrible. I, they, they dismissed and diminished what happened so much. And I never asked questions. I asked the questions that I needed to ask to get through because when I was 11 and the abuse stopped, it stopped because I was brought into my mother's room and she basically said, I've been told what's going on. I know what's going on and it's to stop. And I played dumb. Like I was taught and trained because I full panic mode. Um, and, and I remember my mom talking to me and she's, she's saying that she doesn't want to discuss it anymore. And it is to never be talked about again. There were, you know, there were loving words said in there, but the overall theme <laughs> of an 11 yeah. year old, right. Is, is dazed and confused. I've just gotten yeah. in the worst trouble. And, um, six months later, my abuser moved out of the house and I thought it was my fault. My family's falling apart, crying because she's gone. And I wasn't yeah, that, taking care of her needs anymore. And that's why she outed me to my mom. And that's why I no longer have her around. I'm not special anymore. I'm just the middle kid. Great. And that's what I was left with at 11. And I lived with that for 10 years. And that's so something that's like a complex thing that like, I don't get from reading these accounts of like the guilt that you felt of her moving out, even though she was your abuser, you still felt guilt of her. Because, because when it was happening, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm again, so, so this, again, it does connect to the church because I'm questioning the church and like, but what? why do we just follow the pastors? Like, why do we just do that? And why do we just do this? Meanwhile, my older sister is, this is what we do. And this is just your training. And this is just like, mm -hmm. I'm your oldest sister and I'm training you the way that was, you know, she's being trained. And so then I'm like, but I don't like this and this isn't fun. And can yeah. we stop? And, you know, and, and getting like, talked back into it and you know but you're not going to be special if if this ends and and the manipulation and and all of that it's just like I was I was in the perfect environment being raised my foundation is built on the the one of the big phrases in the church was God first other second I'm third yeah. always put other people's needs before yourself yeah. to your detriment always yeah the you men don't have in your boundaries. life have your best heart <laughs> yeah. have your best at heart so you need to trust them you need to respect them with your bodies by covering yourself up protecting their eyes and they will then protect you from the other men and so mm -hmm. you get this this thing and so it's like okay, well, I want to be special and I want to be different and I am a middle child and I don't get hurt and I'm looked over a lot. And so this person's giving me the attention that I want and seek. And it does feel good, but I don't think I should like this. And so it's like this war and I can't talk about it to anybody. And then it ends. It's not to be discussed anymore. She leaves and the, you know, so it was, yeah, it was a long it was a long and and 
right about that time. I, I'm not sure the year you could probably tell me the year that Josh started at Covenant Life. Uh, he be, like the the head pastor or just mm-hmm. getting there. Uh, I because I think he was he was 30 away. years old. He was born in 74, so 2004. Okay. Is that right? So yeah. yeah. So um, I was so I was at the point when he was like taking over where I was like not believing it mm-hmm. seeing the lies seeing you know and and dealing with my own complex because i was 21 when i um first like moved out of my parents house and started like figuring out that i needed therapy and i needed yeah. to work on yeah. the stuff that was going on um so yeah, it was right about that time that, um, so it, w- it would have been a little later after I was, after the abuse had ended with me that Josh um, came into the, the picture, but, but so, not long after. So after this abuse occurs and it's it's known within the family, does this go to the church at all? Um, so I don't know anything for 10 years because it's not discussed. When I'm okay. 21, now- during this time where I'm not, nothing's being discussed. Um, something happened at a Christmas function. We were with a family where my oldest sister said that somebody groped something. It ended up, they caught the people and it went to trial. They were going to trial for this back and forth. They were meeting with pastors um and there was lots of meetings and then i remember like after the trial had ended which nothing ended up happening mm-hmm. um they said that she was homeschooled and sheltered and she was seeking attention or something like that is what i was told again i don't know because i was so kept under a rock when i was a kid you just believed everything that you yeah. were told uh so i remember them going still to pastors meetings and being like this is weird why are they still going so i believe that that was partially something because um suzanne told me that she had had meetings with pastors yeah um she told me when i was 19 or 20 she met me at my work and she told me that she had been meeting with pastors and my parents trying to work out the different the the issues that had been going on because um my sister moved out when I was, you know, when she was 18, she moved back home about a year and a half later, she was pregnant with her son and was raising her son. And, and there was lots of fighting between my father and her over like basically her parenting. And she was trying to be like a single mom parenting her son in this house. And I have no idea the dynamic dynamic at this point between them. So when I was about 20 she told me that she'd been meeting with pastors trying to work out that issue and then she ended up blurting out that what my father had done mm-hmm. to her and she just said you know dad did stuff to me and then i was like what does that mean and mind you i'm at work on the clock standing yeah. <laughs> in an aisle in my store and i'm like what are you talking about and she's be- being coy and weird with her words and not like just pursed and not really giving me much information. And so I'm like, 
Yeah. I'm at work and I can't talk about this, you know? So I made her leave. And then I called my dad and was like, you will tell me everything because we had a very, very good relationship. We were very close. My dad would tell me that he could tell me things that he couldn't even tell my mother. I know that's not appropriate. That's just the relationship that we had was just very, very tight. So I was like demanding, you will tell me, you will sit down and you will tell me everything. Cause I know what happened between her and I. Yeah. And now I'm hearing about this. And so I'm like, you will tell me. And so he's like, I'll be an open book. I'll tell you whatever you want. But he would only meet with you in person, face to face, no recordings, very edgy, like you're recording, you know, and, and to this day will not go on record, black, white print, only face to face. And he'll, he'll answer to you. If you come up to him and ask him to his face and he actually answers back, he like, He's, he's confirmed it to other people. So it's not just in, you know, the family. So, um, he's telling me all of this. And so I'm just at this point, I don't believe her. She's my abuser. Yeah. That's how she's been. And he's just been this wonderful, loving father to me. So of course I believe him. And then I'm like, I mean, I believe her. And he's saying that it only happened, but only this many and only this and just, and not that bad. And all these qualifying around and, and she's saying it with him. So they must be like, have worked out their issues or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I mean, my sister and I, my older sister and I had one of those relationships where we would be close and then we would be far and then we'd be close and we would be far. And it was because every single time I tried to get close to her, she would manipulate the sh- out of me <laughs> and I would have to push her away. And yeah. I mean like babysitting her kids so that she can go do something for a training session for her licensing. And then she comes back and you weren't licensing. You were meeting yeah. up with some dude great thanks you could have just told me every time it was just something some type of manipulation some type of whatever so like you know i feel like okay they're 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 good then right that that's that's their life but like i haven't talked to them about my issues they don't even know yeah right because we're not discussing it And so when I was 21 and I told my mom I needed therapy jokingly, and she was like, oh, like your childhood was so horrible. And I'm like, no, I'm not saying that. But like, I mean, let's just be honest. And she's like, what? Like, honestly, no, because like, what? Mom, like, what? Why are you getting upset? I take her out on the porch and she's, I tell her and she just crumbles. I'm a horrible mother. I'm so terrible. You need to go to therapy, but please make it a Christian one because we don't want somebody shoving pills down your throat. So I go to a religious one. It was the horrible, worst one I've ever been. They said that I, it was really, I don't even want to say it because I don't want to traumatize someone else, but they were like, basically when you wanted to stop it and you, they wish you to continue, then you were co-signing and okay with it. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. horrible advice. Absolutely horrible therapist. The only reason they are is because it's for a religious organization and they're not even like accredited or anything like that. They've been reported multiple times. So um, 
but like just how she was responding, you know, and how, and learning about my sister and everything else, I started putting pieces together and I started kind of putting pieces together. And, um, I was kicked out of the church because I was, I mean, I was living with my boyfriend. I was, you know, doing all this stuff. So I'm, I'm getting, putting, still putting all these pieces together. And now the church is all of this stuff is allegations are coming and I'm putting yeah. all these pieces together and all these names of people that I don't know, Nathan Morales. And then I find out that he was dating Pam Playset. I know her. Yeah. She worked for my dad. Oh, and then, and then, you know, and, and these are people who are alleged in the abuse. I'm just saying names of, of people that have been named. Right. Yeah. Just, it's curious to me that like John Loftness was our pastor for a very long time. Joshua Harris, we followed before he even came to the church. You know, I, I was friends with Shannon Harris, who was Shannon Hendrickson at the time. I, I was friends with her. Yeah. And sh we, I, I spent the night at her house one night, you know, when we went to a, a, a play that a friend of hers, who was also a member of the church. So it's like, we're all connected and yeah all these people that they're talking about, I'm like, my dad's connected to this. And I'm like, maybe there's something bigger. I don't know. I have no proof because he's made sure to not have anything on black and white, but it's just, it's, it's been, it's been a long time of putting the pieces together and only after the fact. So it's very hard when you have this 2020 vision of behind you of what everything yeah. looked like. Also from like, I only am looking at it in, of what I remember, it's through this traumatic experience. And so it's just, there's yeah. a lot of pieces and my dad is, is got his face in a lot of those pieces. And it's just very interesting to me. Yeah. So I've been reading, digging through, um, what is it? The Wartburg. Wartburg. Watch. Uh, watch it, mm -hmm. and then the i'm brett brent brent some, detweiler yes that's it uh, thank you thank you i appreciate it uh they've seemed like they've both done a great job putting a lot of this together have you I gone through yes um their, so brent detweiler's been somebody i've known because he was one of the higher up yeah. in a sister church um but he knew of of my dad, um, just because of printing and whatnot. And my dad always tried to make it known who mm -hmm. he was. So Brent knew of, of everything. Um, when everything was happening in the church, uh, my dad reached out to me and was like, this is crazy. And all this other stuff. And he was trying to get answers and he was, he felt very betrayed by the pastors and he made it this like personal thing. And that, that always seemed weird to me as well, how far into he was trying to like out the pastor. So, but so much when it's like, your rap sheet is yeah. not clean. What are you doing? Um, he was actually sending money to Brent Detweiler while he was compiling all of that and messaging the pastors. Um, Brent actually interviewed me for a story and uh, I, I was talking to him and I was like, you remember my dad, you know? And he said, oh yeah, hang on a second. And he said, he had something like 21 pages of correspondence back and forth wow. between the two of them. Um, and, and my dad would try to get names of people who, who were, um, you know, uh, had given, uh, pieces to Brent and Brent was like, I'm not outing any of my sources. Like, no, why are you so hell bent on this? Yeah. And it just, 
it's just interesting that my dad is so wanting to be involved in this from this perspective of like, he's a white sheep. And now I've also had the privilege of speaking with a pastor who met with my father and my older sister and acknowledge what happened. It was far outside of when I was out of the church, grown, um, um, but just hearing that for me was just like, like, that's all I needed. Yeah. Just, that's all I needed. I don't even care what they talked about. I don't even care. Just hearing a pastor say, yeah, I knew. And it was after I could do anything, but like, yep, you're right. I believe you. He said it to me. Okay. But that's, that's all I need. I know. Wow. I, I, I don't, yeah. I mean, how I feel about it, and this is probably not exactly the best, but how I feel <laughs> about it is if Bill Cosby is walking around free and we all know, then I am not going to put myself through anguish to get justice because I don't even know what legal justice would look like or, or what would be, you know, and and, and this is, a, I'm speaking about my specific story and only in regards to like my yeah. justice for me. Um, I feel like my justice is in having not my truth, but the truth just simply be out there and everyone can make their own judgments. I'm not going to make it for you. You want to continue to, to live your life the way that you are. If you communicate with him or not, that is your choice. Yeah. I just want the truth to be out there so that I can be as authentic as possible about why I'm living the way that I am and, and, and what happened to me, because it's my story. And I feel like it needs to be told because there's too many of us that have stories yeah. like mine that are like, Oh, well, you know, it's convoluted and like, I forgave them. And it's like, okay, but you, you just because you forgave them and just because it's complex or it doesn't there someone else is telling you if it felt like it was abusive and it felt like it was traumatic go talk yeah. to someone go get the help that you need get somebody yeah. who believes you and who is going to support you on your journey of healing whatever that may be so that's why i'm doing what i'm doing because I'm, I'm not out for like a smear campaign where i want people to just like write you know if you yeah. want to i have but you don't have to <laughs> Yeah. Right? Everybody has the ability to decide for themselves if somebody has changed or if somebody is benefiting or positively impacting their life. So I get that. Now, you know, there was outside of the Nathan Morales thing, there was a lawsuit that went to trial uh, that uh, was I'd thrown out, I guess, the right word, but uh, because of uh, statutes of limitation. The, the class, uh, are you talking about the class action yes, lawsuit? Yes. So um, they've, they've tried to get my sister involved, as uh, my older sister involved um, with, with that a couple of times. Um, as a victim I, or as a, as a yeah. plaintiff? Okay. Uh, uh, as part of Independent. it, I, I, I believe that they, be she's been, she's, she, 
she's been contacted multiple times about about being a part of it and and, and going um with the um with the the girls that have said that they've been abused because they are saying that um she has a story to tell um what what is your understanding of that lawsuit or that civil suit i'm sorry um i believe the victims oh yeah absolutely i just meant like as far yeah um, absolutely i meant as far as like your understanding of like why it came around how it came around and what oh um just he, like just broad strokes like i i, I know we can't get into in like everybody right. if you want to you can go on and read a lot of this stuff online and some of it's very i mean there's a lot of there's a lot of, of girls there's i am yeah. i I believe that there are just as many girls that have not come forward and more. And they're just too afraid because of what has gone on with both of the class actions. Because I believe that they did the class action and it was something and then they appealed it. And I believe it was a second time. It, okay. you know, they didn't get yeah. far. Um, so now this lawsuit was because they were they were suing the church for covering up um, the yes the abuse? and some of the some of the pastors and some of the leaders in the church have been specifically named doing yeah very graphic and violent acts to children yes especially like i read some stuff that happened at the school mm -hmm. that yeah. was yeah principals and leaders yeah, very fucked up and very hard to read very graphic yes very hard to read um i i've read the lawsuit a handful of times um one time by choice and other times it's like it's kind of like you have to kind of go back and reread to to remember the horrific thing that you have yeah yeah washed out of your brain so that you can just remember the story that these girls have to live with the rest of their lives it's absolutely like yeah. I mean, like when we share things like that, we know it's hard. We know it's so hard to hear it because it's hard for us to live with it every day and sharing it. You know, they say you share a burden, you cut it in half. Like it doesn't really work with that stuff <laughs> because that's, that's yuck that yeah. doesn't wash off and yeah, it doesn't, it yeah. doesn't leave you. And especially if you have children, you have daughters of your own, like, it's just, it's something that just, I try very hard to like honor what happened because i want people who are still quiet who are trying to minimize it themselves or who have had it minimized so many times that they they they're just conditioned um to know that like if you just if you just talk to someone who is like licensed and 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 educated and you know able to help you mm -hmm then 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 like that's all i want i just want somebody to get a little bit more healing and even if it's yeah. like one step if you if someone is able to go and get their their perpetrator convicted like yes yeah absolutely that's what i want but i want justice in whatever way you want it so if you just want a little bit of justice of just your story being heard or you want them convicted whatever it is wherever long that way i'm here i'm here to help you get it because i've been trying to get mine yeah yeah in my way yeah for the last you know 18 it, years it, i it's i'm i'm 
I say this to uh, you're going to go back and li- if you go back and listen to the people I've had on because I, I do voices episodes where I just ask people their story of growing up in the church and walking mm-hmm. away and everything and you know mm-hmm. I'm proud of everybody that comes on and, and tells their story because it's it's important um, because I do believe that it just empowers people to speak up and 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 find their own power and their own their own happiness and joy and yeah justice for for abuse um uh that sounded like the end of the episode but i just i wanted to ask you (laughs) um so where do you think your your abuse and your sister's abuse went into the church hierarchy and how like what do you think happened to it um i mean okay so it's not names but just like like, it's hard because because what i've been told and what i believe are two different things and my belief is is pure my belief it's based off of my own brain with no ability to say because of this or because of that it's like when you're raised in an environment like this and someone says to you like, Oh, the culture, we all know. Oh yeah. We know that culture. It is like oppressive and it doesn't end. And we know all the right things to say and all the right ways to act, you know? And so I guess when I think like, I'm afraid I'm going to get off topic and I'm, I'm no, talking. it's quite all right. Um, it's quite, ask no, me no, the no. question again so that I can make so sure that if, I answer. So it, your abuse, obviously your, your mother, your, your father, your sister. And I, I'm now you already know that it went to the church. Yes. 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 When, okay. When, what happens to it? Like, where does it go? Obviously you didn't get any type of counseling, like any type of like, I haven't spoken to, I haven't spoken to my sister about when she spoke about what happened to me, because I don't know if she ever has. Um, I have, I have talked to um, a former best friend of hers from that time who said that, that what they were told was that something happened between us. And then it was like, I don't know if there was like eyebrow raise or a, a, a wink or a hint, hint, or like a, you yeah. know, I'm not like it was just implied something, you know, mm-hmm. happened. And then it was just like, oh, well, we, we don't talk about that. So we just, okay, something happened. Well, you know, whatever. So I don't know what years those were that that was said, but again, nobody knew exactly what that something was. So, um, um, I was told by the pastor I spoke with that they did not know until, um, I was out of the church at the time. So this was after 2007, when I was kicked out November of 2007, um, I believe it was like sometime before 2011 or somewhere in that time frame. So, personally i don't hold a church that i'm no longer a part of responsible for getting back in touch with me years after i've been kicked out 
yeah, to follow yeah. up, right? So I don't fault them for that. But like, I I don't know if I will ever know if if they knew beforehand, and I don't I don't know if it really matters because at the end of the day, like, I didn't get the help then, and I'm not going to get it from them. And, and so I, for me, it's, I don't know if I'll ever know because like the people that I've asked, I don't think I, I don't think I trust the integrity. No, I know. Yeah. Yeah. In that regard, because I know that people who are honest it's very easy to be honest about the things that are easy, but the things that are hard, it's, it's, that's mm-hmm. where, you know? Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Um, I have spoken to people who have given me the hard truths of like, I'm sorry. And I fucked up and I should have, you know, this pastor apologized to me for, for yeah. not following up even after, you know? And, and I felt it was genuine. I accepted that apology. I get it. It doesn't erase the, the, the pain, but I don't know if that per, that pain is that person's to bear. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. know, so I, it's just, yeah. it's one of those things that the yucky situation. So I, I've, I would love to ask the people that would know. And, yeah. and, and I know, I, I know that certain pastors did know. I, I, I was told that there was a rap sheet on my dad. There was a file, my dad's name. Wow. It. It was oh, passed through the years. And so when stuff came up, it was like, oh, well, you need access to the file so you can take a look at it. You know, it's like, and, and I mean, I had a working file because I was very rebellious at the end. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I get it. I mean, I don't know. Did they have a file on everybody or just like the, Probably. the, the known <laughs> members or the, you know, they're the ones that caused a ruckus or whatever. I don't know, but I, I know that my dad was known. He was known by many and like, I mean, my dad had, I've talked to friends of mine who were like, oh yeah, I know about this about your dad. And I'm like, I didn't tell you that they could, they could see it. So even though we thought that we were hiding certain things, like my dad's temper or his controlling issues or, you know, it wasn't hidden. They saw it. They could see, yeah. well, he acted like this and my dad acted like that out in public, but in home, he acted like this. So I just assumed your dad did the same thing, you know? So like, even though things were like hidden, I think things were still kind of known because there were, there were certain things that would happen where it, now I'm like, oh, I think that happened because people knew or because people assumed or people saw or people noticed or picked up on. So, um, I am sure that the pastors knew, but I don't have any proof. I don't know which pastors well, knew at what points. I know, I'm, I mean, I'm pretty sure that CJ and John Loftness and Gary Rukuji, who were the top ones, John Loftness was my parents' pastor for, I believe, more than a decade. He yeah. knew my family. He was a part of so many things. My little sister went through a really traumatic uh, uh stage where she was like dealing with basically like panic attacks and they Mm -hmm. were deemed to be like this holy spirit moving through her and so it was like raised yeah yeah Yeah. and um you know and it's like it's just 
so and with the with the civil suit it seems like that when somebody came forward or or it was found out that these uh i don't even want to call them accusations but these things would come forward and they would be basically silenced like are they are are these girls told that you know like what well i mean i i don't know what you mean by silence because i mean like not silence all all the has to say is don't don't read that yeah but like are are the so my understanding is that uh the the victim is brought into the room with the with the person that victimized them with uh and they're talked they they the person apologizes and says that this is not going to happen again or somewhere along the lines of that and then it ends up happening again um but like that's part of the cover-up and that nobody's ever brought in from the outside yep because everything's dealt with internally um i mean but that was that was that was overarching too that wasn't just in that you don't, you don't yeah. take anybody to court for for business for um for any type of reason. You don't go it's to court. An, you don't yeah. argue. It's an issue with sin flattening. So, but like it's 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 definitely like like there's no difference between somebody taking twenty dollars from you and somebody raping a little girl. You know, and it's they're the same level. All be forgiven. Yeah, and and all go back to you know. I was told that there were people that worked at covenant in children's ministry who were not to be around children yeah i was told that my father was put on a list of not being allowed to serve in children's ministry which is super great in 2007 but he went on every single missions trip with me that he could and uh my mom went on one with me or two my dad went with me in ninth grade I was 13 and a half going on or 14. Um, and he went with me one year to Mexico. So that would have been, you know, 10th, 11th or 12th grade. Yeah. yeah. He went to, he went to the, the senior high retreats where like the, the senior high group would go. So <laughs> we had two episodes on, you on youth know, retreats. Yeah. <laughs> if you're saying you didn't know then. I mean, I guess what is that fine? But like, how how could you not have known? You had a rap sheet on my dad, like. Yeah, yeah. yeah we're we're slowly discovering the things that uh, that church leadership knew and didn't know, and or actually what they knew and what they didn't do to prevent certain things from happening all across the country. And you know, uh, there's so many parallels that I think people are going to see between their own church. If they went to a mega church or if they went to a small, you know, 10 person church, that there's going to be some elements that are so uh, relatable. So, yeah, I am. I, I realize I haven't told you this and I don't even know why, but um, (laughs) I've been friends with Josh or I was, you know, friends with Josh for a long time. I was, I was at their wedding um, because we were like, we were close. Um, Josh and I spoke on the phone in, I want to say it was 
it was before his last group session that he just finished. So I want to say it was this year. It was like a few months ago. Oh, okay. Um, because, um, I posted my story, he found it, he posted it on his page and was talking about my story and how he had played a role in it. Um, and he and I spoke and he, um, he apologized to me for the role that he played. Um, I accepted his apology. Um, and then we got into discussion and I, I didn't really process everything that he said, you know, in the moment. Mm -hmm. it took me a while afterwards. Um, he invited me to join. He was doing a, it's like a clarity coach now. And he does some type of training on, 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 um, for people. And if anybody who was like directly hurt by him, he'll like sponsor them to take the class for free. Um, just to try and like help, you know, I guess do his part to, to fix. Um, but like when we spoke, like I, I tried to take him at his word and I tried to do everything. And I've thought about like contacting him since to kind of follow up, but I don't, I don't know if it would be beneficial for me to do that because I feel that he was untruthful when he spoke with me and that he, um, I mean, it's hard for me. I don't want to say like, oh, it wasn't enough because that's not what I'm, what I'm yeah, feeling. Yeah, I'm I feeling it was inauthentic and, and kind of like this brush of like, I'm sorry, it happened to you. Or was it a, like, like I'm covering my bases feeling? But it, I, I just, I feel like, and I, I mean, Josh is on his own journey because he's left the church and he doesn't follow it anymore. Right. So like, I'm just trying to give grace and space for people because I understand that we're all human beings. I, and yeah. Yeah. I, I get you. And this, this but, has been <laughs> really quick. Well, this this podcast I mean, has been like, in like this episode on Josh Harris has been like a battleground in my mind of like, where do I extend any sort of grace and where do I right, say, right. You I know, mean, fuck this. So, right. I feel like Josh learned a lot. He was under the tutelage of his dad and he learned and watched mm -hmm. and learned a lot. Just like I was under my dad and I watched and learned a lot from the church and how it was run. So yeah. I, 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 I understand that the, the upbringing and the culture that he was involved in. Um, but I do feel like when he got to the church, maybe it was way over his head and he didn't know how to get out, but like you get out. Okay. Mm -hmm. You get out. You, 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 yeah. I mean, and, and, in that's kind of instance, he's not in like your type of, he's a, he's, he's an adult and he's got a safety net and it's very easy just to walk, you know, where you're in like this, you're, you're a child, you know? So it's well, right. And even more than that, like if he knew that stuff was happening and that it was messed up from the top down, that's when he could have been like, I'm going to blow the lid off of this. Yeah. Yeah. Or I'm going to walk, walk away, wash my hands immediately, like literally leave overnight suddenly so that other people can question for themselves, you know, like g give somebody a signal, a sign that like, we're following this messed up thing. And that didn't even cross uh, my mind. Like, like that, Josh, that thought process. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But like, 
if Josh, I mean, if he listens to this, this is the first time he's going to be hearing this. So <laughs> but I'm just saying like, this is, you know, like I just, I've been, I've been told after he and I talked, cause he said that he didn't know this and he didn't know that, or when he was made aware, this is what he did. And this is, you know, and he was telling me his journey and I was trying to take him at face value. And then I find out from other people conflicting things from victims who have said, I, I wrote him a letter at this year mm -hmm. when I was underage and I begged him and he's acknowledged that he got that letter and he didn't do anything because why? Because you were probably 14. And he was like, this is just a little kid. That's just arguing with their parents. And I'm just going to dismiss them. You know, whatever it is, I just feel like as a leader, you have a duty and an obligation to do certain things and I don't think that he did and I feel like to say well I don't believe it anymore and I don't follow that anymore and I'm so sorry and I agree with you I'm now a clarity coach and I'm going to help you with your message of how I messed up your life and I'm going to help you brand it so that you can show other people that's uh, that's aggravating to me so much that like, uh, we've and I don't been... have to pay for it, which is great. He'll sponsor me, but like, that's great so for you make money off of somebody else who he hasn't. That angers me on or, or... so much. So yeah. Yeah. I just, I, I he offered me the class and I was going to take the class because I, I, I felt like the heart of it was innocent. Right. And it's a good positive thing and it would help me. Right. And like, mm -hmm. who cares what his motive is? Just do it. Right. Cause it'll benefit yeah. you. But then it's like, what message am I sending out about what I'm willing to do and where I'm willing to get like a handout or a help up or, or a help in my message. I want that person helping me broadcast my message I you know and and again like everyone has their own journey and mm -hmm. I'm sure like we can all grow and learn from it but that doesn't mean that like the pain that he indirectly and directly caused friends of mine family yeah. me yeah I've, I mean I... but like Josh and I go way back because he's the one who blacklisted me at the church when I got kicked out Oh, I didn't know he, about this either. Now, he now I feel like I, I need to get a cup of tea and just sit here and just like. <laughs> it's it's a very salty wound and I can I can go. But it he, he announced from the pulpit that I was being put under church discipline. And like basically, oh, shit. I, was working, I was working at the Starbucks that everybody <laughs> went to like, like a mile Super. down the street. And so they would come in all the time. They would come in all the time. I would see pastors college kids coming in all the time and they knew who I was because I was blacklisted. I had been like, my name was like <sighs> under church discipline, Shannon Truesdale. Like, you know, I'm surprised I didn't have a picture of like what I look like. Cause I would have, I would have yeah. old people, uh, people who were like the, the usher leaders coming mm -hmm. up to me it, in a park to say hi to me, get, get away from me. I know what yeah. you're doing. And like, you shouldn't be talking to me because I'm under discipline. I'm unclean, like get away. Yeah, I I got kicked out of a, uh, a church slash school when I was 16. Um, and uh, when, I, when I left, even before I left, there were just rumors 
and speculation of like all this stuff that I had become and who I was and like Mm -hmm. and it was such a small area that like it was just Mm -hmm. like like he's using look how much weight he lost he's been he's been doing drugs all summer and and you know he's dating and he has his nails like well somebody showed up at my house on the summer and like I had my nails painted on my toes just because I think my sister was messing around and like they were like he's like satan and like all and i'm just like no i was just trying to have fun yeah i worship oh i worship satan so so hard um so and then like i was still involved in another church at that point and so that didn't it was separated so it didn't really matter but like that's what followed me around for years afterwards like when it came to that church and people would see me and i'm like i'm I'm none of those things. So <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's a community aspect. That's, that's very interesting to me. So, but yeah, I was kicked out in 07 and then <laughs> I started working for the Starbucks in like 2010. And it was like the Mecca, like on Sunday mornings, you could not get into that. People who lived in the neighborhood would go to the other Starbucks on Sunday, because that was where all the church Bible studies would happen before. Mm-hmm. And, um, um, we would get rushes. We'd get like, oh, it's about to be morning service rush. Yeah. And um, um, so, so Josh came in randomly. He doesn't drink Starbucks coffee. Like we all knew that his assistant would get it or whoever. He wouldn't come in. Why doesn't Someone he drink coffee? Shannon. Well, well he, he didn't. I mean, he didn't come into. I'm sure he drank. Coffee. Oh, okay. I thought this Starbucks was going to be like, like weird hang um so he came in and someone's here to see you so i come around and it's josh and i like can i help you like do you need some group order like what because i'm a supervisor at starbucks at this time and he's like no i just wanted to meet with you basically like are you willing to meet with me so i can apologize for kicking you out of the church the way i did and i was like wow sure okay so I met him at covenant life and he was like, basically like, what do you want me to do? Like, I can write a letter apologizing to everybody that I, you know, like what, what can we do? How could we fix mm-hmm. this? What could we, what could we do? And, um, I was basically like, I appreciate your apology, but like, it's too little too late. I have yeah. lost friendships of people who I was friends with since I was dedicated with them. So like 23 years, how are you going to mend that? I haven't yeah. been in their weddings. I, I was promised to be in their weddings, but I was a Jezebel and kicked out. So what, what, like, you know, what could do you, you do? Know, so, do you know the story of Cheryl Sel- Seelhoff? No. She was a homeschooler uh, in the early nineties. She was pretty fun, uh, pretty popular. She wrote a, a magazine called the gentle spirit. And uh, she was uh, basically run out of the homeschool slash church community because her abusive husband left her and she started a relationship with another man. And Josh Harris's father was part of her demise within the community. And she- So like like Sandy Patty? uh, Sort of. Well, this this is very messed up. Like they- he went out of his way to, to pose as a hotel um, employee to find out if she was there with her with her new relationship and basically used that as proof that she was in an adulterous relationship. And then they basically Even though he had left her. Yeah. Yeah. And they sandbagged her 
and basically got her blacklisted from everywhere. Um, and Josh Harris father was part of that. And they, she sued him and along with these other people. And she settled out of court with Josh Harris's father, but I don't know how much. So, but well, when Sue Josh Welch was the other person that was sued. I think I, I remember Welch, but I don't, yeah. I don't know yeah. if it's the same name. Um, when Josh asked me, I was like, you know, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what the answer would be. So he asked me to think about it. I discussed it with my dad, a couple, a couple people in the church that I thought could give me advice. One was a brother of a pastor that okay. I was close with. He was a pastor of a, an SGM church. And so I was like, just trying to get like some type of like, what could I do to actually get he's willing to like make restitution. What mm -hmm. can I do? And so I ended up like just going the legal route and was like, okay, like give me this amount of money because yeah, that's what they do in the legal system. Also, I did that because I knew that, which you might not know this, but Josh reprinted his book. When he did that, he did not have permission to have a story in there about a couple who had gotten married, had recently divorced, and it was like ugly, bad, bad, bad. And basically he didn't have permission. And so one of them sued him. Was for... it the person that wrote the foreword in the front of the book? I don't think Sam so. Sam something and no. Susan Dietrich or something like that. Okay. No. no this no. is something this is a story actually in the book. No, it's a it was a pastor's kid who had married another person and then they had okay. broken up and then but it was their story so anyway um he had sought like you have no permission to write it so you know he'd gotten um like like some royalties or yeah. something some type of monetary compensation for it in some way and i knew this because my parents were very high up in the company you know and gossip was we found yeah. it we found the answer and so um um, I, I knew that. And so I was like, okay, I know. And I put that forth in an email that Josh never responded to mm. his assistant responded a couple of times. Now I would, I would send a message and then it would be like six months, another message. And then six months, another message, you know? And so it was like a year and a half, I think over a year when I was finally got another pastor sent as like a messenger to tell me no they're not going to do that because if they do that send a precedent mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so i was like okay well i tried right tried yeah. yeah and then you know and then now this and i'm offered to join the group it, you know it just it just it's like i've been here and i've done this and i don't yeah. i don't want to do it again yeah. because it doesn't feel right it doesn't feel good and i don't like it were you involved in the church when josh said that he was uh sexually abused as a kid because i know he said that as a as a in a message you do not know about this at all no he said I it mean, from the i think he said it from the pulpit statistics that i've i don't if, if he did i it like didn't yeah yeah no 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 i'm just saying um, i didn't know if you were there yeah. when that happened or no, not if no, i forget, um, i don't know the date off the top of my head statistics are it. it's like one in two women and one in three men so it's like 
you know, I, I, I'll tell, I used to, when I would work and, and anybody would deal with any type of sexually harassing behavior, I would always be like, look around this room. There's 20 of us right now. Yeah. One in two women and one in three men. There's like 12 men right now. So look around four of you, three of you, like yeah. it's going to happen. It's just statistics. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't really shocking to me, but like I, I, that it had happened, but just the fact that he had said it. And I just thought it was kind of weird. And I know you said you weren't really, you're not really involved, but like when he had left the church was right about the same time that the lawsuit was coming to yeah. uh, up yeah. the chain, which I thought was really weird. And then he yeah, disappeared up to Cal uh, to Canada. So, yeah. and, um, and, and when did the lawsuit happen? Like 2011? I want to say between that and like 2014, maybe I don't, I yeah. don't have, so, I should have written the dates down, but I don't have them. So when I, I mean, growing up in the church, it was all I knew. Doctors were part of the church. If you could be all your lawyers mm-hmm. were anybody that was anybody you had, a you had a church directory for like, you needed a lawn mowing yeah. service. You called the Kellens and you, you know, you needed this, you called that person. And that's just what you did. Yeah. And so when, um, when I got, when I turned 21, I was able to move out of my parents' house and, um, I was able in 2009 to move to St. Louis. Okay. I don't care where I go. Get me out of this state. Get me away from these people get me out of this because covenant or Montgomery County is just saturated saturated and the neighborhood that i lived in i couldn't walk without seeing five or ten people right which Mm -hmm. is the beauty of of what the church wanted to do they wanted to get everybody together and living in the same area and all that so i just wanted to get out so in 2009 i got to st louis for nine months and then i moved back because it didn't work out and in 2014 uh, 2013 christmas i moved to vegas and never looked back but I would love to live back in that town. I can't, like, yeah. I, I, I can't. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I, I, I ran away because it was easier to not have the constant reminders of people that you knew and worked I moved with. To Chicago. Yeah. 2004. Yeah. I, I was like, you, I can't you, take you, this it's anymore. Like you can't. It's yeah. just too much. It's just, it's like, it's almost just traumatic even if it's like you see someone that was a friend of yours or that you just passed in the hallway mm-hmm. you know like it's just it's horrible um um i mean i've gotten my revenge in, in little tiny ways I got, <laughs> I got bob coughlin to transcribe a switchfoot song onto a music for me and one of the switchfoot members was a a one of the band members were, was a sister church in California. So he was ag- actually able to like speak with and confirm yeah. the, you know, the drawing. Yeah. Very nice. And so he was like, Oh, did you get my transcription? Absolutely. I did. And I was able to work, use it beautifully. What did you use it for? I said, I got a tattoo. He leaned in over the machines. You got a what? <laughs> I said, <clears throat> Bob, I got a beautiful tattoo on my side. It's like hugging me. I love it. He was like, I helped you get a tattoo. And I was like, yes, thank you so much. (laughs) Thank you. 
I love it. So the bad. little victories, the little victories. I love it. I love it. Yeah, that's great. Oh man. Oh. And someone was like, "Did you tell him what it was for?" I'm like, "No, I did not tell him for." And you're not telling him what it is for. <laughs> I'm getting that's this. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh man, that's funny. Um, <laughs> so you're so so. Who are you now? <sighs> very different person very gratefully a different person yeah um i'm i'm now in denver i've got i've got i'm a dog mom how many dogs i've got two bassets oh oh my god i have two pitbull mixes and they're sleeping on the couch right now (laughs) so she's going to ignore me and i have a little you can I have a little terrier. Oh, three puppies. I'm a I'm a big dog person. Oh, just wants to sleep. It's cold. Yep, it's cold here, Aww. so he's, he's covered up. Um, yeah. But I just started a, a new job, so I'm. Congratulations! Yes. Thank you thank you. I'm very very happy. Um, just trying to enjoy life and. Um. I mean, I, I try to be a kind, good person, just like everybody else, you know, mm-hmm. um, um, my passion is, um, I feel like people do not appreciate people. You know how we're always like, oh, if I had only known that they were depressed, I would have told them mm-hmm. what they meant to me. Well, why do they have to be depressed? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, for a long time, Sundays were my holy day. And so now I still try to honor them by doing something for me. And so for years and any Sunday that I can remember to do it, I go on Facebook and flip through my messengers of somebody that I'm friends with of my, you know, from high school. Hey, remember in 10th grade when we did this one thing that one time memory I have of you, that meant something to me because that one little insignificant moment is something I cherish and still carry with me because you matter. And I feel like people don't do that a lot. You know, like that high school teacher that got you to read that book that you love now, if you told her that would make her day and it would take you two seconds. Mm -hmm. And so I just try to tell people like, people always want to spread kindness and like pay for the person in front of them at Starbucks. Like tell somebody in your life that they mean something to you. And so I call them living eulogies because they don't hear it when they're dead. They don't hear Mm -hmm. about what you meant to them. Everybody else does. And the person that needs to hear it is that person. And so that's, that's like my mission and goal in life is to get people to tell the people in their life that they mean something. So they know that they're cherished and they know that they matter. That's very sweet. I love that. Um, And you're married also? Yes. Yes. Um, 2020 April, we got married. I, uh, I said, I don't want pandemic to be this horrible, awful thing, right? It, it was horrible and it was awful. And now I can be like, but we got married in the middle of it. Very good. And where where, and how did you guys meet? I know this is kind of off topic, but it also- yeah, I wanted, it, We met in Vegas. Uh, I want to know, um, yeah, I want to know how she deals with this. <laughs> 
she was she was raised Jehovah's Witness. Oh my God. Okay. Okay. So she has at least she is like a framework to work with. So yeah. Okay. Um, she she speaks to like on a regular basis, like two or three members of her family, and like only in emergencies or like when family stuff happens. But she doesn't speak to a lot of her. Yeah you know as as well it's that's one of those things where it's like religion can it's, it's so weird that like you, like you step out of religion and your whole family goes away too like i don't get it <laughs> like i don't have anybody like i like i talk to my mom occasionally and that's pretty much it and like community disappeared so yeah yeah yeah, yeah. well i mean i was labeled i was labeled a jezebel when i left and i was going to like pied piper lead them away <laughs> actively so which i mean i guess i get because i was asking a lot of questions that were making people <laughs> ask a lot more mm -hmm. um but i get i get losing i mean there are i am very grateful that i had a lot of my core friends from the church who have come back to me and been like i am really sorry and you know, or have maintained yeah. some type of like, can we just be friends, but like not talk right now because I don't want to get <laughs> yeah. in trouble, you know? Yeah. yeah. I'm not going to betray you. Just Are you still a, like a, like a taboo kind of kryptonite? If somebody, if like you came up like, oh, I talked, I talked to her the other day. Is that like, uh, I, I, I mean, I think because I, 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 when I, when I got kicked out of the church, I was like, all right, I'm going to be a beacon. I am going to be a beacon mm, right now. Okay. And so I, I, I don't know how many would straggle at, at the first, it was like a little trickle, little drop, one person here, one person there being like, I just left and I've lost everyone. And now I know what it feels like. And now I know what you feel like, and this sucks. And they'd be like, all right, grab a t-shirt, just pins over there. You know, we've got cookies yeah. and coffee in the back. Just come on in, sit down. And then a trickle a couple more and I'm getting my brother to come and now my sister's coming and you know my dad's yeah. talking to me whatever and it's like okay we're getting more of us just just keep telling them come to me talk to me you know and I'd be like go now there was an SGM survivors website I, I'm I've I've been I'm coming through it I've been coming through it for the last like week or so so I'll gladly yeah. out myself I was wayward hippie on there oh okay a handful of times I wasn't really ready to share my story yet, but I yes. was blasting a lot of stuff and I don't even remember some of the stuff that I blasted on there. Yeah. But um, yeah. I'm, know, I'm I, proud of all those people that like have organized and like, it's mm -hmm. like, uh, I still want to get back to your wife because I want to find out more about that really quick. Oh, she, like, I, I wish I could find out because she's, she basically like, she at the very beginning was like this is some bullshit <laughs> and so she like I said to her I'm like so you don't remember any of it you know because like for me it's like I at least remember the foundation and stuff and like yeah. I soaked it in she was not a sponge she was just from the get-go okay. nope 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 so she would like color in the in the she said she would color in the watchtower which I think is like <laughs> or yeah um but you know, she would, she was forced to go to stadiums and they would have to clean the stadium in order oh to God. do the conferences. They, they, they could have, they could stay at the stadium for free, but mm -hmm. they had to clean it. And so they would clean it and then they would sleep there. And like, she remembers that. Just no, none of the, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. My wife has no, she grew up 
didn't go to church at all so she has no context of like anything Is like even this podcast movie? i try to like and she's like i okay and i'm just like, <laughs> well, like we talk about like these biblical principles and it's like if you don't even have that foundation like you can't get it you know yeah it's like me now i'm like I don't get the allure of a lot of these movies that I was never allowed to watch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because yeah. I was never allowed to watch them. So like, everyone's like, oh, but it's a classic. And I'm like, no, this is just a really badly done shark movie. <laughs> like, I, well, I, no. I've tried to, I've tried to force myself into eighties cartoons that I wasn't allowed to watch as a kid. And I'm like, I'm going to like this. And I'm just like, ah, I don't really get it. But like, oh, yeah, yeah, it's there. There's definitely stuff missing there. Um, oh, but, everyone talks about Roseanne. I'm like, I wish, wish, I wish. I just started like, and I know it's like, quote unquote, problematic now or whatever. But like my wife, like devoured that when she was a kid. And like, I was never really allowed to watch that. So like, just over the pandemic we started watching it it's on like it's playing non-stop on one of the tv channels and like yep. we're watching it and yep. i'm cracking up laughing and she's like you love this and i'm like this is hilarious you know and like right, so right, right. yeah yep. so yep. I'm playing my ca- wife, we play my the catch up that. a lot yeah <laughs> yeah because my wife was like okay wait a minute wait a minute i grew up with this and i think that you would like it and i'll be like i mean okay i'll i'll watch it and so like I, I watched um oh no I'm not um um quantum leap. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. And I was like, this is so great. So I'm talking to a friend of mine. She's like, why are you watching quantum leap? Because like, I never thought. Oh man. Yeah, I it's it's interesting like trying like talking to people around the same age group that like grew up with this stuff. And I'm like, I don't know what that is. <laughs> like I don't get it. How and how old are you? I'm 40. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, about, yeah, yeah. About the same. Yeah. So like, yeah, I remember my mom being like, listen, you need to be happy that I'm even allowing you to watch two hour block of TV all at once because it says, thank God it's Friday. Oh yeah. Yep. Thank God. Thank God that we're going to watch this television. That's going to teach us about not following him. Yeah. Yeah. I think we should thank God and read the Bible instead. Yeah. Yeah. So, we, um, like, we <laughs> I were a little... Good stuff taken. Yeah. We were a little, it's hard when it came to general TV, we were okay with it. So like the news, sports, uh, I don't know, regular programming here and there. But like, yeah, I wasn't allowed to watch a lot of cartoons. G.I. Joe was okay, but like He-Man and like stuff that dealt yeah. with like occult and stuff like that. And they got wrapped up in the satanic panic and everything. And uh, I told the story uh, a couple weeks ago, I think. But like uh, my grandmother, right before she died, she gave me a uh, action figure from he-man and it was 1985 because she died in 86 and then spring and (laughs) come here here. my stepfather took the toy and told me it was of satan and threw it in the garbage and it was the last gift my grandmother gave me so i have it tattooed on my leg and and uh my wife got it me for me (laughs) for christmas one year and like so that. Christmas morning I wake up and she hands me this box and I open it and just tears are just screaming streaming down my face and like this is the best thing ever and so like yeah and uh it's just interesting either trying to play catch up and with the kids now some of the stuff 
is in vogue because they can get into it because it's you know it's throwback or yeah. whatever so yeah yeah but know. like ouija boards and like um dungeons and dragons nope. no um, reference oh okay so i don't even, do you even remember the movie powder yes With, okay so uh, i yeah. wasn't allowed to watch that movie because yeah i wasn't uh, either when i was a kid i remember i remember sitting in my mom's van and listening to the radio 105.1 FM <laughs> and Dawson McAllister is who I believe it was right and I he was talking about powder and this and that and about the relationship between the teacher and the and the student was just a little too comfortable and a little too familial and and a little too inappropriate it seemed like there was some Hollywood gay agenda overtones you know undertones and so my parents were like okay well you can't watch that fuck Dawson <laughs> McAllister like we we <laughs> we talked about him because we showed a um uh the true love weights documentary I don't know if you've ever seen it but uh we showed it on uh we, we played it on an episode and we were talking over it and everything and he's on it and I talked to that guy when I was a teenager and called into his show yeah and like yep. And like he, I was like, he had like a love line talk show sort of where you would talk about God and like relationships, but then he also had like another show where he'd play heavy metal and like Christian metal. And like, I listened to that every Friday and Saturday night or whatever night it played. But then I also called in with the talk of teen talk or whatever the hell it was. But yeah. And like, he is really like just some of the stuff he talked about on that documentary to some of the like the girls he was talking about or talking to and he told this one girl that like if she was going to have sex she was going to get uh date raped too oh and it's just God. like i was like i can't believe yeah. i listened to this guy you know <laughs> uh, i will tell you that dawson McAllister interviewed joshua harris when he was engaged to shannon oh i'm sure he did and i remember listening to it and and um oh god that was funny Oh man. That's great. <sighs> I mean, I mean, I also remember like, you know, Adventures and Odyssey. Yes. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Great. Veggie McGee tales, and me. Great. Yes. Yep. yep. Our yes. part of our intro music, when you hear this, is gonna be you're gonna hear McGee and the me McGee and me song in the background. Like just Hilarious. playing in the background. So I love it. salt love like do you remember salty? The singing song song book. Yep. I I watched a camping movie that he was in when yep. I was okay I had and, and I was I had the song stuck in my head like a couple months ago and then I was listening to there was one it was um it was like an international dinner they were doing and they were mm -hmm. eating all together and the kids were I was singing that song last week in my head it's like it stays there it does not leave I had to download a couple songs for an episode that we were doing and I had to listen to salty songs and I'm just like, I'm punishing myself going back into this stuff and like Carmen and uh, yeah, yeah, all this stuff. I think yeah. he did. He did. So did Dawson McAllister. Oh, I didn't yeah. Know that. yeah. I am. Um, so. A couple years ago, I think it was 2018. 18. Yeah. I saw Reliant K in concert. I've, I have seen them uh, uh, a few times from back in the day. I had nothing recently. So, but yeah, yeah. I They don't have any new. Yeah. I used to write for a Christian um, 
there was a website called the Jesus Freak Hideout uh, that I used to write for. Um, I was I used to write music reviews, um, and then I worked for a website called Decapolis that the guitars from Goaty Hook. I don't know if you remember them. Yeah. They Conrad he started that site, and I wrote uh, music reviews and interviews for them. Also, I always thought it was Goaty Hook. Yeah, so I'm well versed in Christian music in the Christian music world. Uh, yeah, I, I did that just, for quite I went a long to creation. time. Yep. Um, what I years? remember one. Well, the year that it got rained out and they moved us to the military base and we had to have like these roped off sections. It was absolutely horrible. It was like a huge washout. Um, but I went, uh, I went there. Was that at Hershey years. Park? They moved, did they move it to Hershey Park that year? Uh, not the year that, the year that I went, it was at, um, like I said, it was like at a military, we were at okay. a military base and we had to like bus into the actual farm because yeah. the farm where you would camp uh, was agape farm it was yeah, like washed yeah. out yeah um um i used to go to purple door i went to purple door a number of times so yep. kurt weaver the owner yeah his wife used to babysit me when i was Get like, out of here little, little. <laughs> oh my god okay yeah yeah um i went so to purple I would, door um, 90 the first one, the 90, I think it was 96, 90, it might be 96 or 97 was the first one, but I went 96, 97, 98, and 99. Yep. So then we were there the same year. Yeah. And then I was my dad there. would work. Um, crowd, he, he's mostly deaf. Um, he got a cochlear implant recently, but um, he's mostly deaf. And so he would, um, he would do front stage, main stage, and he would stand on top of the speakers because it wouldn't affect his hearing. Yeah. Um, I'm looking because I have a, I was just going through my documents and I have something from Purple Door. I have a flyer from the, from the show. Yeah. Like I have like a whole <laughs> pamphlet or something. Um, but I, we used to always go to like Lancaster yep. and yep. see, um, that, uh, my sister went to Lancaster Bible college okay. and okay. I used to go out there because there was that that one church that used to put on all those concerts i can't remember it was right by purple door but i can't remember the name of it off the top of my head yeah but uh yeah, yeah. i know what you're talking about yeah i saw i saw supertones um <laughs> god i can't remember all the concerts i went out there for I uh, went to Newsboys, supertones. oh yeah uh third day third day was like one of my favorites um, he's still he's still performing. Um, do you know Jennifer Knapp? Yes, I do. I've seen I, her. I, how, oh man, when did she start? I want to I want to say I interviewed her. <gasps> Stop back it! Her in story. the yeah, I'm pretty. I interviewed her at at Creation. I think. Let me see if it was her or not. Yeah, I interviewed her in 1999 or 98 at Creation for a music zine I was doing at the time. Whoa! Look at that, 96. That was the year before I went. So 90s, 97 was the first year I went. I went 97, 98. And then I went to uh, Cornerstone for like four or five years after that because Creation was lame compared to Cornerstone. It was, it was not <laughs> They would only do like two songs each. 
my yeah. sister was into um like a lot of the the indier bands like um oh gosh what was the name of that band they did hanasaka Gigi. what's the name of that band there's like nine members in the band and they would do um drums lots of drums i think it was like the danielson family oh yeah i know the danielson family yeah they're from new jersey yep, yep. yeah um let me see if i have anything my mom made a giant scrapbook for me i love it and i don't but uh i don't know if you can see this or not so um this is anathalo you see the purple door flyer i lost the phone oh, oh. yes yes right here? Mm -hmm. yeah yep so it was uh this was 98 so this is the second year i went my dad actually uh, uh, um, submitted a poem, and it was it was put into the. Do you know that that hinge? I think is what they called the book. It was like the artistry literature book. Yeah. Anybody? Yeah. Who, yeah. yeah. He he submitted um a a, a writing that he did. Really. And that interesting. Yeah. I wish I still like I, I held on to like so much stuff for so long. And yeah. I just kind of kept it in the closet and like, you know, figuratively and, <laughs> you know, yep. literally. Yeah, and absolutely. I have, I, know, yeah, I have bulletins from Covenant Life. I have all sorts of well, things from Covenant Life still. I know that like, like as soon as I got out, of, like was done with the church, I moved to Chicago and was done. And like, I didn't talk about it. I was embarrassed about it for like 20 years and didn't say anything until I, started going to therapy and everything. And then my new therapist that I've been seeing for two years, I walked into her office the first day and it was covered in just Christian literature and Catholic literature books. And I'm like, what the fuck am I walking into? <laughs> and like, she was, we just got to talking and like, we started talking about church and everything. And she's like, interesting. And I'm like, she's like, I specialize in religious and spiritual trauma. And I'm like, <laughs> you're not a god like uh therapist or anything she's like no i was like i read all this stuff to it's like i grew up in a in a in a um a pentecostal church in canada and like she just started going through her whole story and i'm just wow. like whoa okay i finally have somebody i can talk to about this and like yeah. that spurred on doing the podcast because i got so much out of like doing all this stuff but like a couple like years before i did all this I had all this stuff in my closet and I just, I was so angry and filled with so much rage and hate that I just threw it all out one day, burnt some of it and just was like, so like this, uh, um, the book my mom made for me are like all the pictures I have of from when yeah. I went to church yeah. and when I went to I, school. Um, I remember in like 11th or 12th grade, I had to take a class called apologetics. Yeah. And, and, and people are like, what is that? And I'm like, it's basically how to argue people into believing the same shit. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Build the foundation, prove the Bible is right, prove God is right. And then they can't refute it. And it's like, yeah, I kept all that stuff because they told you, you know, keep it so that you could use it. So that when you need to defend yourself at a job or whatever. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Let me ask yeah. you, when you, when you left and you lost like that community, did 
did you end up finding another one and like attaching on to another like completely random community? So my like did you find another one or I I started getting involved in the punk rock community when I was like 16 mm -hmm. and I kept well probably earlier than that because I was listening to the music a lot before that I just didn't associate with anybody um so like it was a community under my own um you mm -hmm. know but a lot of, like as you probably know a lot of this stuff was kept in secret and I didn't tell anybody about it like I and like I mislabeled tapes and I hid stuff and, you know, I, I kept stuff blank or, you know, I would tape over stuff. After after you listening it. Or no, but like that was, that was starting to it. And then I got involved in the punk rock community. So it became a, how can I, how can I fuse my faith with this other totally anti what I'm supposed to be believing? So that, that kind of happened. But like when I left, I still had some sort of other community to fall into right, so right. i'm still involved in the punk and hardcore community up to a point most of my friends are involved in it um it's where i felt the most accepted the most loved the most where i could be myself right um, it's definitely not perfect but no but but i, I met feel like my wife yeah that's i mean i feel like that's what you have like I feel like we all need, you know, like family or chosen family. We need to have a a, a net, you know. And yeah. like, I I I've always said, like, I feel like I have been trying my whole life, regardless of whether you mean to or not. You are you are weaving yourself a net. Mm -hmm. The relationships, the connections, and the friendships, and the the things that you do in your life, and the lessons that you learn, and the you know the tools and the skills that you learn, you're weaving yourself a net. So like when yeah. you hit that rock bottom, that's what's going to catch you. It's going to be your friends and the people that are you know there to support you. And so when you fall out of that net, you know you get a huge hole in your yeah, yeah. church friend net. Like you've got to have that other net behind you to catch you because like we just we have, we're social beings and we need other yeah. people. Yeah, and it took it's just so funny long. That you yeah, go ahead. That you pick the outcast group, right? Like one that's kind of like <laughs> you know, outside. I did the same thing. I picked, I picked a little bit different. Um, I yeah. picked the BSM community, but I picked, you know, like we picked like those fringe of like it's like yeah. we need people who also aren't understood and haven't been understood by other people. So it's like we need mm -hmm. we need people like us in our community too. That's it's interesting. Yeah, and I found a lot of people that were grew up in in split houses and uh, you know abusive. Uh, with mm -hmm. you know my my stepfather was very physically and emotionally, spiritually, and you know I we, I haven't really talked about it, but sexually abusive uh, to me. And it was, you know, when you when you live in that environment and you want to get away, but you can't. And when you do go away, I'm, I'm so lucky that I had that community because if I didn't have that second community, I don't know where I would have gone or if I would have even left, you know, Absolutely. Uh, it's scary, you know, basically pulling, you know, even if you have work in a quote unquote community around your job, it's still, you know, as like with you, you had everybody from the church coming to your work, you know, and like, it's just a constant reminder, but like you, you, you did and there was, the thing there was and you left. <laughs> there was a period of time where I was working after I left. I'm sorry. When I left my parents, I was working for someone who went to the church. 
Oh my God. Okay. And so when I got kicked out, it was very weird and very, uh, and I, I'm not even sure if I was working for them anymore, but like, it was just one of those things where it's like, you knew that you couldn't go back because they yeah. went to the church and you were kicked out. And yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's all very weird now because like, I know you say, do you have any type of relationship with your mother or? So she is, I love my mom. I'll just, I'll say that. Um, And um, she is trying very hard to maintain whatever she can maintain with Mm -hmm. me. And um, I cut my father off last year um and um I also cut my my brother off um so I only speak to my my little sister and then like what what I say like the kids of the family you know because they're they're not a part Mm -hmm. of the drama um so my mom has just been trying to stay connected to me because she you know she she loves me and um so we talk about the things that we can discuss which you know entails gardening and 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 weather but um i've been through this with her before because i've had to put down my foot um in many aspects um you know when when you don't even know what a boundary is and and then you have to start trying to lay them down and then they're like challenged and moved and it's 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 very hard um and so um, my mother and I have gone through years of, I went through, I think it was about a year and a half of, we only spoke about the weather. Like it was a running joke between my ex-wife. Cause I'm, this is my second wife that I'm married to now. Um, my ex-wife in Vegas, um, would always be like, Oh, you just talked to your mom. What's the weather report in Maryland? That's just what it was because I would not discuss things that would make us upset or would cause any anxiety. And so she would always try to launch into telling me how the family was so that I knew what was going on because I wasn't speaking yeah. to certain members and she was going to, you know, try and tell me. And, um, I, I laid down the law then and I stopped speaking to her and we only talked about the weather. So like, she knows I will go back to just talking about the weather again, if she wants to have a relationship with me, because I'm not going to be disrespected or have my boundaries moved. Wow. So yeah, I also am trying much to respect for that. <laughs> I mean, she has her own boundaries, which I get, you know, in my opinion, she has picked her teammate and, um, you know, that's, that's how it is. So I can't change her mind. I've tried. And, um, so like, I just have to either be okay with that being her teammate or, or, you know, or what, and right now I, I don't know. Cause I, 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 I can't associate with him. I won't associate with him. Yeah. So I don't know how to associate with people who are continuing to associate with him and, and, and make excuses. So mm-hmm. it's, it's hard. Um, but I, I've, I've been able to maintain something, um, you know, uh, having a new job, having a different kind of life now, um, is nice because I have that separation from them, which makes it a little bit easier for that boundary. But yeah, I mean, I talk to my little sister every day, all day. She's like, Aww, my that's nice. we're, yeah. we're really, 
really close. Um, she's she's basically not speaking to, uh, you know, and in similar places with the family, just yeah. with that issues and drama and not talking or talking, but strained and whatnot. So it's very hard. Um, so, um, I mean, there's there's two girls underage that um, spend some portion or all of their time living under my father's roof. And I don't really feel like that's appropriate or acceptable. So, you know, I have to make my, draw my line and do the things that I need to do for me. So. Yeah. And it, I mean, I think you realize it, it takes a while in the journey of healing when you realize that like in order for you to fully heal, you're going to have to continue to let go of even more. Like you let go of so much and you mm -hmm. held on to what you thought you could. And it's like, now you got to let go of some of that too. Yeah. And it, I feel like that's just a, a part of the journey and it sucks because you don't want to let go of anymore. You've already let go of too much. And, yeah. and you didn't have a lot to begin with. <laughs> right. And it's, you know, it's like, also it's like, I didn't want this, didn't choose it, didn't ask for it. Yep. Tried yeah. to not have it happen, you know? And so it's like, you know, it's life and I can rail against it or I can just do what I can to make the best of it. And that's what I'm trying to do. I admire that. And I admire the fact that you're trying to help others along the way um yeah um yeah I didn't have we, for a long time and so i'm trying to be you know I, I don't know how many times i've heard this is the first time i've ever told anyone in my entire life including and then listing the family members that are closest to them that they've never told mm -hmm. like that is horrible and so i will be that person for anyone because I know what it feels like. Yeah. 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 It's, yeah. It's one of the reasons that I wanted to do this podcast and I'm, I'm, I'm just as, as much as I, I don't want to say I'm happy that you came on. <laughs> um, but I, I, I'm, I'm so, uh, I don't know, fulfilled with your story with just every, with our conversation. Um, uh yeah i i've gotten a lot out of it um i hope that everybody else that listens has gotten a lot out of it mm -hmm. um our our listenership isn't huge so but like i just i i if it helps one person i don't really care so um and it's helped me so uh selfishly uh that's i'll, I'll take that much out of it so um but yeah i really appreciate this um and if you have anybody or know anybody that wants to talk, I have no issue with that. If they, if I'll be sending you her number as soon as we get off the phone because I already talked the, to her last week. She's ready to talk. I am. I. This podcast is still not set in stone of where it's going to go. So um, I, I'm throwing everything at the wall, like, um, mm -hmm. and we're just having fun with it, and and mm -hmm. as much fun as you can with certain topics. Um, yeah. But, you know, even with the hardest ones, you know, we, we use humor to deflect our pain. Absolutely. Um, so uh, it's one thing that aggravates my wife about me. Um, but, you know, 
<laughs> you know, dark jokes always don't fly, you know, fly very yeah. far, you know, but it's, uh, it's, it's how we do it sometimes, you know? So, yeah. I mean, it's like, um, what is that song? Uh, is it Crystal Lewis? It's like uh, beauty for ashes, you know, like we can, we can, yeah, yeah. We can change this. And, uh, you know, like for a long time, I was like, I'm damaged and I'm, you know, and mm -hmm. I didn't want it. And, and I'm going to have to work my whole life at fixing it, which is all true. But it's like, if I just sit with that, that's a very dark place to be. But it's like, you know what, I can help somebody else who's in my yeah. place now that I was, you know, or who's in the place that I was in 20 years ago, I can help them. Yeah. 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 So, it, so like, you know, and I can let that dark stain on me or, or that, that, you know, that shit that happened to me, I can, I can show that to that person and they're going to be like, Oh, wait a minute. It happened to me too. And I've been hiding it. You know, it, it just, if I can share a little bit of someone's yeah. pain, get them to just break it a little bit, that's, it, it's, it's, 100% it's amazing. It. The, the vocal vocalization of, of, of trauma and what you're going through or what you've been through gives so much permission to other people that have gone through the same to just say that they've been through the same you know and right. and it's it's right. pretty amazing and i'm i'm glad that we are in some way cosmically on this journey together and uh, you know yeah. I, I i really appreciate your time and and spending your time with me and uh uh opening up and and giving me the dirt on Joshua Harris that I didn't have before. <laughs> and I mean, and I will say like anybody, you know, who does hear this and anything that I say resonates with them. And even if it wasn't with that, like I'm open for them to hit me up, you know, just, I'm open I... for them to contact me because I feel like we're all on this journey together and I have no problems talking to someone, hearing their story, sharing a moment, not at all. I love doing that because I know how much it helps. I've had, I've had complete and total strangers who I have still never met help me in ways that mm -hmm. no one else has been able to. And so sometimes it takes that separation of being able to tell a complete stranger, your whole honest and truthful story and know that you've gotten it out. And it's like never going to be said again, because they don't know who you are. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. it's just, it's yeah. nice. It's like, it's almost like, I'll out myself of it. So it's like a crisis hotline. Right. But like, you know, my story, so, you know, I'm going to receive yeah. a little bit of it. So I, I just, yeah. Yeah. I want to help however I can. Um, on those lines, uh, do you have anything that you would like to uh, plug or even if you want people to get in the, a way that people can get in contact with you? Um, I mean, you can find me pretty much at hippie Shea, H I P P I E S H A E anywhere so on facebook on instagram twitter tiktok um i didn't mean anything. to stalk you when i found you by the way uh, no 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 no, no. <laughs> and, and, and i've tried my life of i have done things in my life that are embarrassing humbling and that i am not proud of but yeah. i try yeah. to live an authentic life and mm -hmm. recognize that i'm a different person than i was okay i used to go to pro-life marches back when yeah. I was a little kid. Like that's we what we did. Right. And now I'm like, about donating, <laughs> right. And now I'm donating to Planned Parenthood. So it's like, we change, we figure yeah. out, we do better. We, we learn, we grow, we change. So I try to be as authentic as possible. So that's why I've chosen to make my handle like transparent. You can find me anywhere. I'm wayward yeah. hippie on, on, you know, it's like, I'm trying to connect everything so that, you know, it's me. Yeah. I gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. 
So anybody yeah. who wants to find me, please, please be nice. Don't <laughs> I, I would hope that they would be, but you know, this world as you know, yep. as well as I do, it's not always yep. like that, but you were doing amazing work. Um, and just, even if it's one person that you touched by talking to me, uh, outside of myself, uh, it's, it's a win. Um, so Absolutely. I appreciate that. Um, so thank you for joining me. I really appreciate it. And I, I hope that we could talk again in the future. Absolutely. Awesome. Anytime. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, and congratulations on the new job. Thank congratulations you. Congratulations on the semi-recent marriage. Thank you. And your dogs are beautiful. Um, Thank and you. I love them already, even though I don't know them. Uh, so, <laughs> um, but thank you very much and, uh, have a great day. Thank you for having uh, me. I really appreciate it. your time as well. And, um, anytime that, that I can be of help, I am here. So awesome. Thank you. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. So blind them with kindness until they all reminded. a lot of the things and answered a lot of the questions that I had. If you were a member of Covenant or SGM and, and want to talk about your experience there, uh, you're welcome to reach out to us if you want to, and you're welcome to reach out to Shannon also. Um, as you can tell by the podcast, she is very welcoming with that, and I do appreciate that. And we are going to continue our series on purity culture and Joshua Harris. Uh, but there might be a break in there because, as you know, if you look at your calendar, it is spooky season. And since you couldn't celebrate Halloween when you were a kid, you can celebrate it with us. We have some special stuff lined up. Hopefully you'll enjoy it. But for now, you can follow me at Chaz X Cure. You can follow me also at 17 underscore seconds uh, on Instagram. You can follow the podcast on Instagram. And uh, I've been told on TikTok at XCOM Pod. You can look up our in Facebook account under the X Communication Station podcast. You can email us at XCOMPod at gmail.com. You can listen to my other podcast, The Holy Hour, where Gavin, Donald, and I talk all things cure-related. You can listen to Donovan's other podcast, Laughing With You, Not At You, uh, where him and his wife talk about mental health struggles and parenting. Thank you to the band Iron Chic for allowing us to use their song for our intro and outro music. Those heads are our heads. You can follow them everywhere at Iron Chic. That's C-H-I-C. And, uh, yeah, we'll see you next time. And everybody say... I like my looks. I like my personality. Almost every second that I'm awake. But it may
be the reason